Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. We're going to look over into the book of Genesis. This is a good day. It's, it's Mother's Day, right? It's really a good day, and uh, in honor of mothers today, and all women uh, who may not even be a mom, uh, but who have taken the opportunity to be a godly influence, we honor you today. And uh, we uh, we are we're going to look at a woman who was one of the most influential women in the world. And she and her offspring actually have had a major effect on all of us. There's not a question about it. And, um, and uh, her life wasn't without pain. Uh, she, became, <clears throat> she became a significant mo- mother through her faith. And uh, her life was uh, counted for something good. And God turned her situation around. That doesn't mean that it was an easy road for her. We know that it wasn't an easy road for her. And how, how would you like to become a mom for the first time in your old age? Could you imagine that? Uh, I, just, uh, I, I think that uh, God has chosen usually the younger uh, persuasion of people to have kids because they're able to chase them, Right. Uh, and you know, but but here uh, we have this woman before us, and her name is Sarah. She started out as Sarai, and uh, she was the wife of Abram, who became Abraham. And Sarah didn't start out as Sarah, of course, but uh, she started out as Sarai. But she became this woman of faith. She became a mother of faith. And Sarah didn't begin uh, as a woman of faith, but this, this should really give you hope, especially if you haven't started out that way. I don't know where you started out in your life, and if you're a guy, just hold on with us because uh, God still speaks to us as well through these people in Scripture. And uh, we, we see that uh, uh, she didn't start out in a way of faith, but why is it that so many times we look at somebody's life and say they must have had everything handed to them on a silver platter. Why is it we do that? I, I don't know why it is we do that, because you'll see somebody and you'll say, wow, look, it looks like they've got everything together, but, uh, and you think that that, that must be because it was all handed to them. But I had a minister friend of mine that wrote a book here recently, and uh, he uh, wrote a note about the new book that he wrote, and it's, uh, it's about some of his life, and and I have known him for 29 years, and uh, yeah, it's hard to know. I'm 25, and I've known him for 29. I don't know how that is, but 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 anyhow. So, but I had forgot because I've known him so long that when he was a young man, he was just steep in drug addiction. That was his life. It, it, it had ravaged his life, but yet I look at him like 20 some or 30 some years later now, and. And uh, it's like, wow, how, how did this happen? And now this guy's ministering to people in East Africa and see lives change there. You've seen him before here. And today uh, we, we realize that uh, Sarah went through many trials. She didn't always respond correctly to God, did she? If you know the story very much at all, she didn't always respond right and we get that. She did have to grow, though, and, uh, 
and uh, Sarah faced some pain in her life as well, uh, but God turned it around for her good in the end, and, and she didn't give up. Although at times she appeared to lose her faith, she, she wavered, she struggled at times, and, and this woman started out mere, merely laughing at the possibility of God doing a miracle in her life. She laughed at that, but in the end, she was laughing with joy so that we could laugh with her and celebrate with her. But not every woman is a mother, and not every woman can make, uh, but, but every woman can make a positive impact on their world and around others around them. You can be a mother of faith. Some of us are, uh, some, I should say, not some of us, but some are mothers of, uh, by choice. Others are mothers by circumstances. Others have, de have the desire but haven't had discovered the opportunity. And God has a way of working in and through us if we're willing to allow him to work through our lives. Some women may not be a mom, but they can become the best aunt as possible. They can invest in others as a mother of faith. And whether you're a teacher by profession or by influence is not really the concern. But what matters is that you invest in the lives of others. How are you going to invest? No matter what the challenges of life have brought to you, that's beside the fact that we have opportunity to invest in others. See, Sarai, uh, she was a woman of faith who, who laughed initially, but God worked through her life. So we're going to look at four things here, and that's the first one. Here she starts out laughing like, God, are you crazy? Are, are you crazy? You know, you know, yeah, anyhow, you, you know I'm too old. And, and the Bible tells us over in Genesis chapter 11, verse 30, these words. It says, now Sarai was childless because she was not able to conceive. She was a, she was this woman was she was a woman in a world that expected the ladies to have have kids but she couldn't. It was an expectation for them then and, and uh, we know it was pain a painful situation for her. But God was going to use her problem to show up and to reveal himself in this situation. And so after so many years of marriage God did something unique for Sarai. And she was married to a good, imperfect man, we'll just call him that, uh, who, who loved her, but she didn't have a child. And her, her husband's name was Abram, became Abraham. And God gives Abram a, a prophetic word and a promise. And she was there for this, and it was for her as well. But, but in, Ab in uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, the Lord said to Abraham, he said, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. That's one part of this. But God told him uh, this when he was 75 years old. 75 years old and God says, okay, now it's time for me to do something in your life. We're going to start something good here. And so, uh, and you know that Sarai was up there with him as well. She, she was not a young, a young person either. And so this promise meant that he had to have children because the way God made this promise, it was going to be for those uh, who were after him, his family members. And in fact, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 7, it says it this way, The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. 
I'm sure that Abram and Sarai uh, uh, said, uh, I'm sure that they wondered how, how this could happen to them since uh, they were old and they couldn't have kids. And, and we find over in Genesis uh, chapter 18, you can, we're going to run throughout this book because we find parts of this. It's not in chronological order. But in, uh, in Gen uh, Genesis 18, there's a special revelation that God gives uh, to this couple, to God, uh, uh, to Abram and, and Sarah. And there are three travelers that they met them at the tent, uh, at their tent, at the trees of Mamre. Now, some, if you want to do the theological thing, some say it's a theophany, which is God appearing. And, and, and so uh, one, of these pro one of these guys prophesied uh, of this miracle that was going to come in their lives. And, and it says in Genesis chapter 18, verse 9, it says these words, where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. Uh, there in the tent, he said, then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, Sarah was listening. She wasn't right there, but she was listening at the entrance uh, uh, of the tent, uh, which was behind him, and Abram and uh, Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, are you crazy? Well, no, this is what she, this is what, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Uh, and then he goes on to say, and then the Lord said to Abraham, Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. I heard you. Come on. Verse 12 really shows us in this text that she was going to be a participant in the miracle that was going to take place. And I think you know what I mean, but uh, not wanting to be explicit, but she basically laughed and thought that that was absurd. You're crazy, God. Yet God's plan was going to come to, going to, pass, come to pass, and God, God's promise of a miracle may seem impossible, and it did for her, but we need to be able to trust him and be ready to participate in his plan. When God speaks into our lives and he, and, he, and he guides us down the pathway, we need to be able to respond to him and interact with him and then, then take part with him in what he wants to do. If you're trusting God for a job, then you need to step out and fill out an application, right? Or maybe 20, I don't know. You can't expect him to work if, if you won't do your part. And that's the way it is for a lot of us in whatever our situation is in life. We have to be able to step out and trust God, but we do have to do our part. Now, there may be times, and I think there are a few times that God says, just wait on me and do nothing. You just wait and trust me. And those are tough times, too. But here God is saying, I need your participation because I am going to do something, and you're part of this. There are two sides uh, to God's working. And even with Sarai, there was as well. The second thing here is that Sarah was a woman of promise. She was a woman of promise, and, but she made mistakes along the way. 
A lot of times we don't talk as much about Sarai or Sarah, but we, we talk more about Abraham. You understand because a lot of it centers around him, but, but really she's a part of this. And, and it wasn't so easy, or it's so easy for us to think that Sarah must have been uh, that perfect woman for God to bless her life. Well, she's pretty much like you and I. She, she's a human being like us as well, and, and it's really a mistake for us to think, think in that fashion that, you know, oh, she's perfect for this. We misunderstand that God works with imperfect people. Sarah, I didn't have to, uh, did have to participate, but uh, scripture shows that she had times when she gave up on being a part of God's miracle. And we find this over in Genesis 16, and, and she, decides, uh, she decides that the servant lady, Hagar, should become a surrogate for the miracle to happen. Uh, no, no, don't, mess, don't misunderstand here. You gotta have to remember uh, in, this, in this miracle God was doing, he was fulfilling a specific promise with specific people. It wasn't from those from the outside in any form or fashion. God ends up making it plain that only Sarai was going to be the mother of the promised child. Only her. That is the way it was going to work. And God, God made sure that this is the path. And no one else could take her place. But Sarah tries to shortcut what she thinks God is God's promise. And she tried to take herself out of God's equation. Have you ever been there? Maybe you, maybe you felt like, well, God, I don't know if, if you really want to uh, have me involved in this. Uh, but but in the reality is, is when God has you involved, he has you involved, right? And in Genesis chapter 16, verse 1, it says this. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. Not, not that we're saying slavery was right. It's not. But we, we understand that was back in the time, and they don't deal with it much, but we'll keep on rolling. And so, so she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. A little bit of a mistake on her part. And verse 4 says, he, he slept with Hagar, and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. And then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. <laughs> I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Wow. Quite the, a lot of emotions happening out of all this situation. It's quite the scenario, and, and Sarah, I thought her, her plan was good until reality sunk in. Have you ever been there before? You think, hey, this plan's going to work good. And then all of a sudden you say, oh, wait, this is not, this is not panning out the way I thought it was going to pan out. And, and, and now Hagar's looking down on her because she was pregnant and Sarah wasn't. And Sarah was just following the law of the land back then, but that doesn't mean that man's way is God's way, because that was the law of the land back then. But it wasn't God's plan. It wasn't God's way. All she did was to complicate things. In fact, and, and it bothered her so much that, that he, uh, she, uh, she spun it around and blamed Abram for it. Sure. Guys, don't get too happy about that. Sure, she, uh, he was part of it too, yet, yet, yet it was her idea, but really they were both part of it. 
They both failed here. It wasn't one-sided. It never is. But what Sarah thought was going to be an alternative for God's promise was really the opposite for them. And we need to follow God's path. His way, the Lord revealed that Sarai would have a child, not Hagar. Doesn't mean that that's what, you know, she, she Hagar did have a child. How many times have you tried to make something happen outside of God's plan? Have you ever been there? You tried to make something out of God's plan. Maybe it was a, a business deal that wasn't quite right, and maybe it was a, a new relationship. You didn't uh, you, you knew it didn't follow God's will. It could have been a decision you made which kept you from walking down a path of blessing in your life. Uh, and uh, you may have had that, that subconscious knowing inside and, you know, in your heart uh, that, that this really isn't the right thing to do, but it, but it looks like it, it may have some good outcomes. So something good can come out. Maybe it's going to be cash in your hand or maybe a new position or something like that. And so you think, you know, that's all, so, so you reason it out in your mind and say it's all going to be okay. Seems to be what happened with them. It's kind of, uh, you know, there's an old saying that says this, the end doesn't justify the means. To illustrate that, we could say it this way. If you rob a bank to feed your family, what you're doing doesn't turn the robbery into a good thing because you're feeding your family. Those are those, are those things of ethics. Those are those uh, thing, issues of integrity. You, you would have to, you have just short-circuited your integrity when you do that. And in a similar way, a Sarai and Abram choose to let Hagar be part of, of the process, but that short-circuited God's plan for a miracle. It became a pretend miracle for them, and it hindered them in the long term. But the good thing is, as we know, out of the story, out of what God was doing, it was, was some good things. God still used this soon-to-be mother of faith, you may have made some mistakes along the way in your life, but if you're willing, he can turn you into a mother of faith for the gals. Men, you aren't left out either. You just aren't left out. If you're willing, God can turn you into a man of faith. We have to be willing to allow God to speak into our lives and then yield ourselves to him so that he can work in us and through us. He has a plan for each and every one of us. And the third thing we have here is Sarah was a woman of faith, but she wasn't always treated well. She just wasn't always treated well. And, and we find here that Abraham, uh, he, he bowed out as a husband to let, uh, let a king have Sarai to be his wife uh, to save his own neck. Uh, we, we see that, and, and you know it's bad uh, enough that Abram did this uh, with Sarai once, but he did it two times. Twice he did this. And, and you see it in Genesis chapter 12, verse 11. It says, as he, Abram, was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When, when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife, then they will kill me, but will let you live. Say you are my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake and my life will be uh, spared because of you. 
when Abram uh, came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sarai was very, a very beautiful woman. And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his, uh, his palace. Verse 16 there says, He treated Abraham well for her sake, and Abraham or Abram acquired sheep and cattle and, and, and uh, male and female donkeys, male and female servants and camels. He got all kinds of stuff for this deal, right? But, but the Lord uh, inflicted serious uh, diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abraham's wife, Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? And he said, why, uh, why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Get out of this place. When, when you read this account, when you re read to see what happened, then it, it makes you wonder how God can work through any of this. And I think it's a reminder to us that we as humans, we aren't perfect and we have issues. We have challenges in our lives, but God can still work in us no matter who we are if we're willing to allow him to transform us, if we're willing to follow him and so that we don't stay in the same old ruts that we were in in the past, that we allow the Lord to help us get out of those things and move forward. See, this Abram got himself into some serious trouble trying to save his neck, but that's, that's really not our point today because Sarai is the one who was abused out of all this. She is the one who was stuck in a very poor situation, and, but, but uh, we see that she is the one that was affected. But I don't know if you got it or not when we read that little passage there. The Lord wasn't happy. The Lord wasn't happy at all, and uh, what happened to her, and he, he even judged Pharaoh and his household for taking Sarai, his wife. Now, I don't know what he did on uh, Abram's side, but it doesn't say. Uh, he see, uh, and Pharaoh seemed innocent, yet, yet he isn't, a and man's sin affects so many people in different ways. And we find God fighting for Sarai, this, this promised woman of faith, in her pain. Some don't realize it. Some don't pay attention to that part in the story. And if you think God doesn't know your pain, you are incorrect. He knows your pain. He knows and he takes action behind the scenes to correct it. You have to be able to trust him. Trust him and let God work in your life. Even after Sarai goes through this with the, with the Pharaoh, then, then we find Abram doing the same thing all over again. For goodness sake, Abram, what are you doing? And Genesis chapter 20, verses 1 to 5 says this, Now Abram moved on from there into the region of the Negev and lived between Kadesh and Sur, uh, and a while, uh, for a while, he uh, stayed in Gerar, and there Abraham and his wife Sarah, uh, and there Abraham said of his wife Sarah, she is my sister. Then Abimelech, king, king of Gerar, uh, sent for Sarah and took her. But look at what happens next. 
But God came uh, to Abimelech in a dream one night and said, you are as good as dead, Baba. He didn't say Baba. You are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. Now Abimelech had not gone near her, so he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Uh, did he not say to me, she is my sister, and did, didn't she also say, he is my brother? So she's part of it too, but she was pushed towards this. I have done this with, with a, a clear conscience and, a cl and clean hands. That's, that's Abimelech talking there. And it's unbelievable what Sarai has to put up with as a woman. She always has to put up with Abram being concerned with uh, uh, that someone is going to kill him, kill him to, to get her. And uh, she must have been a looker. That's all we can expect, right? <laughs> that's all we can. Uh, that's all we know it. And, but Sarai is one, the one who ends up suffering for it. Can you imagine how she felt? She must have felt like a pawn in Abram's hands. And how confusing is that? But did you see the hand of God again? Did you see the hand of God in that whole situation again? God was not going to put up with it. He wasn't going to put up with it. And look at what Moses writes in verse 3. You are good as dead. Because, uh, because of the woman you have taken, she's a married woman. Not only did he judge the Egyptian, uh, Egyptians for this, God was ready to take Ab Abimelech, uh, take him out if he didn't let Sarai go. And he does. And some of you uh, women wonder why men suffer so much. I don't know, maybe it's not quite funny, but it's, uh, you wonder sometimes because of some of the things they do. God was fighting for Sarai. He was fighting for her, and God will fight for you. It's not just that, some, it, it, it's, it's just that sometimes you don't notice. You don't notice that God is fighting for you. You don't recognize the fact that he's there on the scene. And, and maybe behind the scenes he's saying, this is not going to happen. And if it does, I'm going to rectify it. Yeah, you have to put yourself in his hands and recognize that he will fight for you. You have, you have to partner with him and pray and seek to follow him in the avenues that he provides for you. Lastly, we find this, number four, which is Sarah became a mother of faith who was blessed and favored of God. She was blessed. And in Genesis chapter 17, verse 15, uh, the scripture tells us here, that, that Sarai becomes Sarah. She gets a name change out of this. And this is where everything shifts for her. This is what the Bible says there in verse 15. It says, God also said to Abraham, As for Sarah, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her. And I will surely give you a son by her, and I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. 
kings of peoples will come from her. Do you understand now that Abraham wasn't the only blessed person? It wasn't, just, it wasn't just him. It wasn't only for the man to experience the blessings of God. We, we don't always notice that verse because of the way we look at it and maybe just our reading. Uh, uh, but, but God was doing something there. And this is, uh, it, it's here that God said this, I will bless her. Then he, then he goes on to say, she will be the mother of nations. Did you notice that, that God didn't, didn't say uh, that she will be blessed because she will give birth to a son? It's not what he said. It's not what he said. God said this without limit. I will bless her. And then after that, only after that will he give Abram a son for, uh, by her. I, I believe that really matters. God cared for this woman of faith. He cared for her. He loved her. And for, some, for, for you women who feel like, I don't know if God cares, God cares about you. He loves you. Doesn't mean he doesn't care about guys. Sure, he cares about men too. But God cares for you. He loves you as an individual. I believe it really matters. God cared for this woman of faith. Then the Bible goes on to say over in Genesis 21, Verse 2, Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At that very time, God had promised him. Then in the same chapter in verse 6, it says this, Sarah said, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. What a pretty cool deal. Absolutely. We have every reason to celebrate. Sarai uh, may, have, may have laughed in the beginning when that prophecy came out that, hey, you're going to have a kid. Yeah, you may be older, but you're going to have a kid. It's going to happen. And, and now the laughing she's doing is out of joy because what God has done for her in her life. Now she was able to laugh with joy because what God has done. Not only did she get to laugh and celebrate, but we too can laugh and celebrate for the great thing that God has done through her life. We're blessed by that. You know, we understand that we walk through challenges in life. It's true. We walk through difficulties in life. But that doesn't mean it's the end. That doesn't mean that God can't work through those situations, turn those things around and use it for good in our lives as individuals. And as, as a body, you, you may wonder today about your own life. You may think, you know, Lord God, how, how can you bless my life? How can you work through my life? Did you see Abram and Sarah and you see the things they walked through? He can still work in your life. Jesus came to give you hope. Uh, uh, you, you may focus only on the pain that, uh, that others have caused you. You may be focusing on that and say, well, yeah, but this and that happened. And, but, but we have to be able to focus on what God wants to do. And just remember that God says, no, I don't like that. I don't like that pain that people put on others. Maybe you felt like the pawn of other people in your life. 
Maybe that's where you maybe that's where you're at, but you need to recognize that at times God has been there fighting for you. He will not simply just let you go. He cares for you. He cares for you. And it doesn't mean that others won't fight to get what they want, but you need to put yourself in God's hands and trust him and look to him, pray and trust you. You aren't a, a you are a promised person. You are a promised person. Don't be pulled aside even if you have made mistakes along the way. Put your trust in Christ. Put your hope in Him, the Savior, who has come to give you life. Let Him, let him bring healing in your heart for the fa- pain that you have faced in life. Turn it over to Him. And let Him bring you to the place of blessing. And then in the end, you get to turn around and bless other people's lives and help them and be that person of influence that can say godly things to people and hope again that, you know what, God can do something in your life. He cares for each and every one of you. More than you even understand, He cares for you. doesn't matter who you are, what your background has been, what path you've walked down. He cares for you and He loves you. All He asks is that you yield your heart to Him, yield your life to Him, and let Him work in you. He will help you. He can transform you. And we understand that that transformation comes through Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross for you and I. He gave His life so that we might be forgiven. He gave His life so that we could have hope. He gave His life so that we can become a child of God. We don't have to run the other direction, but we can run towards Him and allow Him to be the Lord of our lives. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, we look to you this morning, and we know that you are the one who brings hope. You bring freedom to us, Father God. We don't have to continue to be a pawn in the hands of other people. But, Father God, we know that you will work in us if we yield ourselves to you. And, Father God, we yield our hearts We yield our minds to you this morning. We say, Father, have your way in us. Work in us. Father God, we trust in what you have done on the cross for us. Jesus, we trust that you laid your life down for us so that we might have hope, so that we might be forgiven, so that we might be redeemed. Father, we look to you this morning, and we give you thanks for your faithfulness. And we yield ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen.